Welcome to an inspiring message from Awaken City Church. For more information about us, visit awakencity.com.au. Can I just get started on my topic today, which is part of the series called Jesus in the Marketplace. And I've given it the title, Take Another Look. And with that thought, take another look at the marketplace. And I'll remind you today of the four different views that Christians have on the marketplace and the fact that God has called us to have one of the last two views, not the first two views. But with that, you know, often in church life as church leaders, we call Sunday game day. And for church pastors and leaders, it really is game day. It's, it's the, the day where we've got to serve at our highest level, be in the greatest moments of faith for others and, and really pour out all that God has given us. And, and so game day for pastors and leaders, that, that's kind of true for a Sunday. But for those of you listening today, this is not game day. Sunday is not game day. It's, it's more like a locker room. It's more like the training track. It's a lot, more like a coaching moment. Actually, game day for you starts on Monday. In, in fact, you get five or six game days during the week while we kind of get one. Do you know what I'm saying? It, it, I mean, it's not like that for us pastors. Trust me, we've got other things to do during the week. But the reality is that game day for you and I is when we enter into the marketplace. And so I wanna go to Isaiah chapter 61. Read from four verses, verses four to seven. And understand that when we read those verses, verses one to three really talks about the God who redeemed us and how He redeems us from brokenness and captivity and bondage. But verse four takes a shift and God starts to speak about what He expects will happen through those who have been redeemed. And it's a powerful thing when you look at it with the power of the Holy Spirit speaking to you. Verse four starts like this. And before I start, why don't I pray? Father, thank You that today You can remove me from the process and speak through me, think through me. Do what You do best, anoint and empower. God, I ask that our hearts would be open and ready to receive what You're speaking to us through this Word today. Verse four, Isaiah 61 says, They will rebuild the ancient ruins repairing cities destroyed long ago. They will revive them, though they have been deserted for many generations. God's people, the redeemed, shall rebuild, repair and revive. Though they have been deserted for many generations, foreigners will be your servants speaking of the fact that you'll be an employer, not an employee. They will feed your flocks and plough your fields and tend your vineyards. You'll be a landowner, not a leaseholder. You will be called priests of the Lord, ministers of our God. You will feed on the treasures of the nations and boast in their riches. Instead of shame and dishonour, you will enjoy a double portion of prosperity in your land and everlasting joy will be yours. I wanna talk to you today on the fact that God transforms your career into your calling. In fact, your calling is in your career. God transforms whatever it is that you do in the marketplace once you get born again and come to Him, and He transforms that into your very calling. 
But often because of short-sightedness, often because of traditional church perspective, it's not the way that we have seen the marketplace. Traditionally, church has kind of brought us to the place where there should be a separation between our faith and religion and what takes place in the marketplace. Martin Luther King Sr., the father of the civil rights movement leader, worked at a stable during the day while completing his education at night. It was a tough and cruelling job. One day he did not have enough time to go home and take a shower before going to school. So he went there straight from the stable. When he got, when he got to class, someone said to him, Martin, you smell like a mule. To this he replied, it is true. But as long as I don't think like one, it does not matter. There is so much to learn from Luther's response. It doesn't matter how menial or thankless your job is. What matters most is what's between your ears. You can smell like a mule and still think like a history maker. You may not be a world changer, but you might just be raising the child who does become the world changer. We often find ourselves working at levels way below our calling. And as a result of that, can I remind you of the four different perspectives of the marketplace that Christians carry? And I've adapted this from Ed Silvoso's writing in his book called Anointed for Business. Here's the first perspective that you can have as a Christian of the marketplace. In fact, he calls them levels. I wanna call them perspectives today, probably to be less offensive because I can be offensive without thinking about it. First level of perspective of the marketplace is this, it's evil and I need to hold my ground as a Christian. Ed Silvoso says, these Christians need a lot of maintenance. They see themselves as prisoners of war in an evil environment, forced to survive with dignity in an undignified place. The second perspective, it's neutral. It won't change me, but I won't change it. These people have a more positive view of the marketplace, but don't believe they can make a difference. They settle, in a sense, for a draw. But the last two levels is what this series, Jesus in the Marketplace, is all about. The last two levels is really where it all begins for us as the redeemed of the Lord. The third level or perspective is regarding the marketplace, I influence it by applying the principles of God in the marketplace. I'm going to do what God tells me to do regardless of the consequences. I remember a time when I was working for a company out there and managing contracts and a document came across my desk and basically the big boss wanted me to falsify the documents in the contract so that the company could continue to make profit even though it wasn't able to meet the requirements of the, of the contract. I can remember going and looking through and going, oh my gosh, I actually have to put my signature on this because that person at the top wants to do the wrong thing. I can remember taking the document to my boss, the big boss. He wasn't my direct guy, but I had to skip a few to go to him. And I, I put it on his desk and I said, uh, I can't do this. And he said, why not? I've told you to. I says, no, no, I've got to sign off on this and I can't sign off on it because we are doing the wrong thing by the client. He says, do you realise if you don't do that, you can lose your job? 
I says, that's fine. I'll go downstairs now and write my resignation. I'm fine with that. And he looked back up at me and went, I said, yeah, no, no, it's cool. I mean, it's not cool, but it's cool. The short story of the end of that whole process was this, that I walked out of that office. The documentation got changed to bring forth the truth. The client didn't get wrapped off. I kept my job and a few months later became one of the senior managers in that company, which was not what I thought was going to happen. But you see, when you get the right perspective of the marketplace and realise that you're not a prisoner of war in that place, you are an ambassador of Christ. You've got to realise that it doesn't influence you, but God has called you to influence it. At the third level, that level, you recognise that you are there to influence it and operate in the principles of God in the marketplace. The final perspective, level, is I transform it. You have experienced God's transforming power in business and realise that God has called you to spread that transformation throughout the marketplace. The key in all of this is to understand what it takes to move from level one or two, view one or two, to view three or four. And that starts by recognising that business is a calling. One of the reasons that we don't see the transformation we should see in cities and suburbs around the world in the civilised world is because too many Christians are relying upon a small percentage of the body of Christ to bring about that transformation. But if we as a body will rise up and recognise that God has called us in the marketplace to make a difference, called us in the marketplace to bring forth transformation, we will see that transformation take place. Let me ask you this question. How can a pastor change laws in government? Answer, he cannot. It takes a public servant to do that. How can a pastor bring integrity into the business world and justice for all concerned? Answer, he cannot. Only a business person can do that. How can a pastor change the philosophy in a classroom? Answer, he cannot. Only a teacher can do that. Let me say this to you today. If you are a teacher in our education system, you are one of the most vital people right now, shaping the minds of people for the next generation. The philosophy that you allow to be developed in that classroom today will be the philosophy of government in the future. And you have a powerful opportunity right now to carry the power of God, the principles of God, the anointing of Christ in that space and place to make change. We cannot afford to be short-sighted. The reality is for every single one of us in the marketplace today, there are three things that are essential for you to continue to carry the grace of God for your calling in the marketplace. And number one, that's a personal encounter with God in prayer. Not just in your personal walk with God, but an encounter with God in prayer for what you are doing in that marketplace place. Your calling will not be realised if you do not have a prayer focus for your career, for your business. But the moment you take your career and your business, your role in the marketplace to God in prayer and encounter Him in that space, you will see God begin to show up in the second area, which is the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I do believe that God's gifts of the Holy Spirit will fall upon you, manifest in your job. 
in your business. He'll give you words of wisdom. He'll give you words of knowledge. He'll give you insight and understanding to the future if you take it before Him. The Holy Spirit always wants to lead you, not just on Sunday, not just at Connect Group, not just in a prayer meeting, hello somebody. He wants to lead you in your marketplace role. And the third area would be in the area of exceptional people skills that we would develop people's skills that would be exceptional, above the norm. In our Connect group this week, we started to discuss that and I asked the question around the room, what's the number one people's skill you have learned during your time in that place as a business owner, as an influencer? And things like never burn the bridge came out. Never burn the bridge of relationship because the same person you pass on the way out will be the one that you pass on the way back in. Some, the same person you pass on the way up will be the one you have to pass on the way down. So never burn the, the bridge of relationship. Things like learn to really listen came out, like good listening skills and understanding people. Things like believing in and being uh, concerned about other people's dreams and desires came out. Can I encourage you in this one point that you can have incredible spiritual skills But if you lack the people skills, it simply won't cut the mustard in the marketplace. There's anyone, I know that you're discerning. I know how you you know how to worship and quote the Bible, but really what people wanna meet during the week is someone that's loving. In fact, I didn't like this part. It came out in our connecting group and they said, you know what, really? You just gotta love people. I'm like, why in my job? Like, yeah, just be loving, be authentically loving in that place. And the great thing, about prayer encounters, because we are all as close to God as we have chosen to be. In fact, your marketplace role right now is as powerful and influential to God as you have made it. The marketplace is not evil and neither is it neutral. Trust me, it is definitely not neutral. It is either influencing you or it is influencing, or you are influencing it. But when you get to that place where you recognise that you are, you are the person called the influencer, then I believe as you continue in that journey, you'll also go to the place where you will transform that industry that you are in. Do you realise that Nehemiah wasn't a prophet, a priest or a king? He was a cupbearer that became a project manager to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Have a look at it. Here's two thoughts that are really provoking to me. Here's the first one, are you ready for it? You might need to brace yourself because it could be a bit tough to swallow. Are you ready for this first thought? It was really challenging to me. Here it is, you ready? It's deep. God loves Elon Musk too. No, He does. He's actually a modern day Zacchaeus. That's challenging to me. That God loves Elon Musk too. I don't have anything against the guy. I think, you know, kudos to him. Don't even know that much about him. I think he created a battery operated something or other. Made lots of money out of it. But God loves Elon Musk too. You see, because traditionally in church life, if a, if a person off the streets, downtrodden and, and, and living, living in their motor car walks into church, all of a sudden we are merciful and gracious and we just really trust God to reach them and change their lives. But if a wealthy, rich person that drives up in a very nice car, one ten times what we can afford, if they walk into church, somehow, some way, we don't have this kind of same kind of mercy and love towards them. But guess what? God does. When Zacchaeus showed up in the sight of Jesus, who was a wealthy man, 
<laughs> Jesus, the first thing He said is, I'm coming to your house. You got a house, I'm coming to your house. He says, because today salvation has come to your home. And so how much more for us when we spend most of our working, living lives in the marketplaces, God wanna use us to reach those that are not yet to be reached. As long as we believe the church was born within four walls, we will always need four walls to have church. So we've got to get rid of the misbelief. I say it again, as long as we believe the church was born within four walls, we will always need four walls to have church. And we must get rid of the misbeliefs that have been given to us. Otherwise, it will neutralise our calling in the marketplace. Here's the first misbelief. There is a God-ordained division between clergy and laity or church staff and church volunteers. It's false. We are one body of Christ made up of many members that primarily engage in marketplace ministry. The second misbelief, the church is called to operate primarily inside a building often referred to as the place of worship. It's false. The meeting place is the training place for the marketplace. This is not game day. This is a training moment. This is a coach's address. This is a a locker room moment where we just reassess how we're going with the game. Let me ask you this today. How's your game plan going? Are you winning the game? Are you kicking goals? You gotta understand today that we have misunderstood profit intent. Often we judge Christians that wanna make money because of their intent to profit. But you know what? Profit for a business person is like winning for an elite sportsman. Like seriously, we, we think we, we put the Christian sportsmen up on a pedestal and say, oh, they're amazing. But you know what they are doing? They are profiting in their industry. Profit for a business person is like winning for a sportsman. For a business person not to want to make profit is like a sportsman that doesn't want to win. Stupid. Come on, help me out because this ain't popular in some circles. You've got to understand that actually God calls us to be people of profit. Profit is simply what you have left over after the experience. And if there's nothing left over, you can't do the next. The third misbelief is that people involved in business cannot be as spiritual as those serving in official church ministry. False. In everything we do, in everything we do, we are called to walk in the Spirit. Therefore, God calls us to engage spiritually in the marketplace. I love this portion of Scripture in Isaiah that we read earlier. I've got to go back to it. This is what it said, you and I will do as the redeemed of God. Rebuild ancient ruins. We're repairing cities destroyed long ago. They will revive them. Listen, if the revival that takes place in here does not take place in the marketplace, then what happens here is not validated by God. For the, for the revival in here to be valid, it must go out there. And here it says, that that revival out there is identified by repairing and rebuilding. We are repairers of the breach, restorers of paths to dwell in. We are the most encouraging, empowering people in our professional roles. (laughs) I dare say we are the most loving people in an unloving world. 
the fourth and final misbelief. I think I, I need to give it to you. I haven't given it to you yet. The misbelief that the primary role of marketplace Christians is to make money to support the vision of those in ministry. False. That's all of our jobs. The primary role of a marketplace Christian is to transform the kingdoms of this world into the kingdoms of our Lord and of His Christ. See Revelation 11.15 for that. Thank you for those three people that believed. (laughs) The book of Acts records 40 supernatural actions, with many of them being dramatic power encounters. What's interesting is that only one of them took place in a religious setting, the healing of the lame man at the Gate Beautiful. The others took place on city streets. On city streets, 3,000 were baptised after responding to Peter's message. In prison, an angel set Peter free from the prison, along with those that were with him. On a desert road, supernatural transport was provided for Philip so he could bring the gospel to somebody else. In the public square, a slave girl was delivered from a divining spirit and many magicians got saved. In homes... Dorcas was raised from the dead. Peter fell into a trance. Scales fell off the eyes of Paul. Whilst we believe that the church was birthed within four walls, we will always need four walls to have church. But you and I are walking, living, breathing, welcome lounges. We have a welcome lounge in church. We have a welcome lounge in church because we want to welcome people here for the first time. But out there, we are that walking, breathing welcome lounge. We have places of connection in church for when people come to church. But out there, we are the person of connection. We have transformation moments here on the altar. But friend, when you go out there this week, you are that altar of transformation. The calling that God has given you in the marketplace is not just about witnessing. It's about transformation. So when you walk into work tomorrow morning, whether you're an employee, a manager or the owner, your primary passion should be, how can I bring the Kingdom of God into this space? How can I bring the Kingdom of God into this place? And it's not by rejecting the system. In fact, you have to accept the system, but change the system along the way. Don't become the prickliest person in the place. Prickly has become popular around here over the last few weeks. Don't become the most prickly person in the place. Become the most magnetic and attractive person in the place. I really believe that God wants a fresh anointing to come upon you for the marketplace. Often we have been scared to succeed because of what it might do do to us in the process. But here's the reality. Here's the real, here's some advice that Ed Salvoso's father gave to him 
as a young boy when he was wrestling with his faith and this sense of being called into the business world to make money, but being scared of what it might do to him. He actually said to his dad, I'm scared, Dad, that I'll get filled with pride and won't carry humility. This is what his father said. This is a powerful word, you ready? He said, son, the only, per- the only people that have a shot at humility are those who succeed. Those who fail have already been humbled by their failure. He said, so go ahead, succeed, and then go on and humble yourself by turning the results over to the Lord. I do believe that in this day and in this hour, revival is something God wants to do in us and through us. But it's not so that we can just keep it in this space and in this place, but that we can carry that into the cities and the suburbs. You must understand this. The marketplace is the combination of business, education and government. It is to a metropolis what the heart is to the human body. Through these three arteries flow the life of a city. A city cannot exist without a marketplace in the same fashion that a body cannot live without a heart. I think sometimes we've taken on the arrogant thought that the church is the heart of a city, but it's not. Oh, I could feel the resistance to that statement. I'm not sure whether they were knives or I slept wrong last night. But here's the reality. The heart of a city is business, education and government. And we, the church, are called to bring transformation. There is only one organisation in the city. This will maybe make up from ground for me for the last statement. There is only one organisation within the city that touches every one of those realms and that is the church made up of people in business, education and government. Let me pray for you. Father, right now I want to thank you that you help us to get a new perspective of the marketplace, a new perspective of our role in that place and in that space, that God, you've called us to influence it. You've called us to transform it. And God, today, as you pour out your Spirit on our lives, we're asking God that you'd not just do something that makes us feel good about our place of worship, but you'd do something that would change and transform the way we see our place of work. That God, you said that as we work, we should work as we're working for you. And as we do that, we'll become a minister in the marketplace, in Jesus' Name. In Jesus' Name. In Jesus' Name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope it has blessed you. If you would like to find out more about Awaken City Church, visit awakencity.com.au.